This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. As always, I want to thank Rabbi Shabtai for giving me the opportunity to learn with you as we start the new Zman, the winter Zman. And uh, we're actually going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. We didn't have the opportunity to learn together for Parshas Bracious. And I actually found a beautiful um, piece from the Nesiva Shalom in Parshas Bracious that also overlaps with Parshas Shemot, uh, Noah, sorry. And as a result, I think it kind of lumps everybody together in, in a beautiful way uh, that really sends us into the winter with uh, an understanding and having a context uh, for some of the things that we need to focus on. So the first page that I handed out, you'll actually notice is from Parshas Bracious. Again, don't get confused. I know it's Parshas Noach, Rabbi Brand. I'm not confused. But we need Parshas Bracious in order to introduce us to what we're going to hone in on, both in Parshas Bracious and Parshas Noach. So if you'll take a look, we know that the first Pasuk in Parshas Bracious, Bracious Bra'a Lokim Es The Torah introduces that Hashem created the world, the heavens and the earth. Rashi, the famous Rashi, the very beginning of Parshas Bracious tells us, Rashi points out that really the Torah should began with Parshas Bo. That's the first mitzvah that the Jewish people received from the Rebona Shalom, even prior to receiving the Torah, but as a nation. And if the Torah is about Shmiras HaMitzvos, the observance of mitzvos, why are we going through Parshas Bracious and the whole Sefer Bracious with telling us about stories Let's get to the Tachlis. Let's get to the whole reason why we have a Torah to begin with. Why did the Torah begin with Sefer Bracious? Because Hashem wanted to set the record straight from the beginning. Were the, the nations of the world, which they've done many, many times in our history, and falsely accused the Jewish people of possessing a land that never belonged to them, of stealing a land from others, if they were to say that, they can respond back, listen, the entire world was created by God, and therefore it belongs to God. Who is the Balabas of the entire world. He owns the entire world. He created the entire world. He has the right to give and take to whomever he pleases with a capital H. And so therefore, we the Jewish people who are the beneficiaries, we are the recipients of Eretz Yisrael, not because we've possessed it or taken it uh, unrightfully so or unjustly, but because our Kodesh Baruch Hu can decide who he wants, what people have on any given day, and therefore he may have given it to certain people for a period of time, but then he took it away from them and gave it to the Jewish people. And that says Rashi's why we have Sefer Bracious. What's the obvious question? And the question that the Siva Shal mentions, the Tzarech Biur, Sharei Lunus Yashiba Parsharishon, says, the Nesiva Shalom, Rashi really only addressed why we have the first chapter of all of Sefer Bereshis. All Rashi explains is why we need to open up the Hamisha Chumshe Torah with the fact that God created the world. What about the rest of Sefer Bereshis? 
The rest of Sefer Bereshit has absolutely no connection to the concern that Rashi raises. Why do I need to know about Kayin? Why do I need to know about the Mabel? Why do I need to know about the Dora Flaga? What do I need to know so many stories about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? So good. All Rashi addressed for us is why the Torah needed to start with the recognition and acknowledgement that the world was created by a God. And that God owns the world. He can give. He can take. So why don't we start with Parak Beis and Sefer Bereshit with Hashchodesh HaZelochem? After all, that's the first mitzvah. Rashi doesn't seem to address this issue. And the truth is that the Nesiva Shalom asks the very same question or in a similar fashion at the beginning of Parshas Noach. When you talk about, or in the piece, at the beginning of the piece that we're going to focus in Parshas Noach, if you skip to that page, we're going to go back and forth a little bit, but he wants to know, Vitzorach page Nun Ches, not coincidentally for Parshas Noach, Vitzorach Biur, Says the Nesiv Shalom in Parshas Noach, when he's engaging in some of the other stories, like the Dor HaMabel and the, the rebellion of the Migdal in Bavel, the tower in Bavel, it seems to be that there's no use for these stories. After all, the whole purpose of the Torah is to teach us how to conduct ourselves with mitzvos, with, with what he calls orchos hachayim, the derech, the pathway in which we should live our lives. Uma anulomdimi parshas elu. What are we learning from these stories? I mean, please God, we should never have another flood. And Amir Hashem, we're never going to be foolish enough to think that we can rebel against the Rebona Shalom by building a tower to rebel against heaven. What in the world are these stories doing here? Asks the Nesiva Shalom. Right? The Nesiva Shalom, if we've seen... Uh, any theme, one of the common themes throughout many of the different parshos are that the Torah is not what he calls Sipure Bialma. They're not just stories. The Torah is not a chronological historical book. It's also not a bedtime storybook. Every single thing we have in there is to teach us how to live our lives. So number one, the Nesiva Shalom in Parshas, Bracious asks, what is the purpose of the rest of Sefer Bracious? It doesn't seem to uh, address it doesn't seem to fall in line with anything having to do with Rashi. And so Rashi will answer why we have the first Perek to answer that we can be able to have Eretz Yisrael and no one can claim against us. It doesn't address why we have the rest of Sefer Bereshis. And then the Siva Sholem, Parshas Noach, in a similar fashion asks, what's the purpose of all these stories? They seem to serve no purpose. The Nesiva Shalom explains the Torah is not a history book. The Torah is not a storybook. Every single thing mentioned in the Torah is for us to learn about. We're never going to be in a situation of the flood. We're never going to be thrown into the Kivshana Eish, hopefully like Avram Avinu. Hopefully we won't uh, sell our brother down the river. What are these stories there to teach us? What is the purpose of the remaining part of Sefer Bereshis? And let's even take it one step further. The first two partios and a half of Sefer Shmos. Let's skip from Perak Aleph of Sefer Bereshis and go all the way to Perak Yud Beis in Sefer Shmos. These are the questions that the Nesiva Shalom poses to us and that are incumbent upon us to try to understand if we're going to spend this much time over the next 10 or 12 weeks doing Shnai Mikra, being Maver Sedra, and reviewing these parshios. So we're going to go back to the first page in the handout that I gave you from Parshas Bracious. And the Nesiva Shalom brings a, a, the beginnings of an answer from a comment by Rav Chaim Vital. For those who are not familiar, Rav Chaim Vital is, it was a Talmud, was a student of the Arizal, his protege. And he introduces um, his answer, his thesis, 
as to why we have the rest of Sefer Bereshis in the beginning of Sefer Shmos based on a comment by Reb Chaim Vital. What does Reb Chaim Vital say? So Reb Chaim Vital asks a question. And he wants to know, and let's read it inside. Reb Chaim Vital is bothered why there is no mitzvah to be a mensch. We talk so much. We give those warnings on the bus when we take our kids out for a trip. Make sure you're wearing a yarmulke. You got to act like a mensch. Make sure you carry yourself as a Bas Yisrael. You got to act like a medala. You got to act like a mensch. And yet there's so much emphasis. We accentuate the value of what it means to be a bal or a balas midos tovos. Somebody who has a refined character. And yet for some bizarre reason, Rav Chaim Vital Zatzal asks, why is there none of the 613 mitzvahs mentioned? Why doesn't it include it in a formal context to be a mensch? You look at the Rambam, you look at the Ramban, you look at the Sefer HaChinuch, nowhere does it say that you got to be a mensch, that you got to observe Midos Tovos. Why is there no inclusion of Midos Tovos? And he says the following. V'yesh Lomar, second paragraph, left-hand side, you want to know, says Reb Chaim Vital, why the Torah does not feel compelled to include a formal mitzvah of Midos Tovos, of being a mensch, because that is a prerequisite. You can't start observing mitzvos if you didn't first become a mensch. If you don't purify yourself, if you don't know what it means to have and observe the mitzvos ben Adam lechavero, it's a non-starter. You can't begin your avodas Hashem if you don't first ensure that you know what it means to be a mensch. Right? We know that a person can't ask mechila from the ribon shalom on Yom Kippur until he first asks mechila from anybody he might have offended in this world. Says Reb Chaim Vital, the Torah didn't need to include midos, having good midos, as a formal mitzvah. That is embedded, that is part and parcel of what it means to be a Jew. You don't go ahead and perform all of the other mitzvos if you haven't first been able to purify and to ensure that you are a Baal or a Baalas, Midos Tovos. And therefore, says Reb Chaim Vital, there is absolutely no reason to formally codify as one of the 613 mitzvos being a mensch, because that is a prerequisite. That is part and parcel that is fundamental to our Avodah Hashem. Rabbi Brand's wondering, what in the world does this have to do with what we are discussing? Why, why is the Nesiva Shal mentioning this insight of the Rav Chaim Vital? It's a beautiful idea. But what does this have to do with the question we're dealing with? Let's, re, let's re, review our question. Our question was, why do we have most of Sefer Bereshis? If Sefer Bereshis and the first two partials of Sefer Shemos are telling us stories, and the Torah is really not here as a historical uh, book, but it's a book, and it's not a book of a story, Sipurei Bialma, but rather it's to teach us how to act as a Jew. So skip to Achorish HaZelochem. Says the Nesiva Shalom, now you can understand. Once you appreciate Reb Chaim Vital, now you can understand the job and the purpose of the remaining part of Sefer Bereshis. And he says in Sefer Bereshis, 
and he also says it in uh, sorry Parshas Bracious, and he also says it in Parshas Noach. You look inside because I'm running out of time. And he says, you want to know why in Sefer Bracious we have all those stories? Because if we would skip from the first parak of Bracious all the way to Yud Beis in Shmos, we wouldn't understand the value of Midos. We need to learn from the Dora Mabel, from Cain, from the Dora Mabel, from the Dora Flaga. We need to understand Chesed from Avram Avinu and Gvura from Yitzchak and MS and Torah from Yaakov. We need to understand what it means to have Achtus from the unfortunate story of Yosef and his brothers. We need to understand Moshe, who takes responsibility for his brethren, You can't get to Achorish HaZelachem, that first mitzvah, if you didn't first ensure that we have an ironclad understanding of what it means to be a mensch. If we don't go through all those stories, and as we know, Sefer Bracious is termed, is nicknamed the Sefer Hayashar, what it means to be an upright, straight individual, you can't get to Achorish HaZelachem. It's not just stories. We're not just learning some historical details about our ancestry. No. To get to Achorish HaZelachem, we first need to learn what it means to be a mensch. Sefer Bracious is the greatest Musar Saver. Greater than Mesilas Yisharim and the Oracle of Tzadikim, which are fantastic, there's no greater Musar Sefer than Sefer Bracious, which teaches us what it means to be metire, to purify, and to refine our character traits. And he takes it one step further. We know the Mishnah and Pirkeyavos tells us, Kavod, Kinnok, Taivan Kavod, Motsiyan Esa'adam and Olam. Right? The Mishnah and Pirkeyavos tells us, that jealousy, desires, and uh, chasing after honor are going to remove a person from this world. You think it's coincidental that the first three stories in Sefer Bereshis reflect those very negative midos? Let's unpack that for a second. Here we've got Kina. Cain was unhappy with the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose and accepted the carbon of Hevel more than his own. So what did he do? He killed his, his brother. And for the rest of his life, he was Navanad. He was a wandering Jew. What kind of existence is that? What kind of experience never knowing what's going to happen to you? Knowing that every generation that would pass, you're getting one step closer to being killed and being assassinated. That's a good life. So there you got Kinnah. Then you have Taiva, the Dora Mabel. What kind of immorality? Everything from top to bottom. You would never in your wildest dreams participate in the lack of in the behaviors that the generation of the Mabel giving into their physical desires, their materialistic desires, every immoral and unethical behavior under the sun, that generation was involved in. And what happened to them? They were removed from this world because they gave into their taivos. And finally, without looking even farther, the end of Parshas Noach, you have people who thought they could challenge God. So they're going to go ahead and they're going to build a tower that's going to stretch into the Shamayim, so they thought. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu pulled a fast one on them and they couldn't even communicate with their brethren. Literally feeling as though each one of them was living off secluded, and I dare say, a word that we never used before until now, quarantined. Totally isolated from one another. Can you imagine if you couldn't communicate with your friends, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your parents? What kind of life is that? Says the Mishnah. Hakino, Taiva, Jealousy. 
lustful desires and chasing after honor, is going to remove you from this world. And literally, story after story at the beginning of Sefer Bereshis reflect these very midos that we need to work on and we need to focus on. And so therefore, says the Nesiva Shalom, based on Reb Chaim Vital, it's true, the first parak. That is Rashi. We don't want anybody accusing us of listimatem. No one should falsely accuse us or implicate us by saying we possess the land that we weren't entitled to. But what about the rest of Sefer Bereshis? What about the first two partials of Sefer Shmos? What are those, just stories? What shaykhus, what connection, what relevance do any of those stories have to our lives? Please, God, we should never engage, confront any of the challenges that our ancestors had to engage or confront with. But the answer is that the same way that Reb Chaim Vital explains that there was no need to have a mitzvah as part of the 613 to be a mensch, to be matar, to purify, to refine our midos, our character traits, the same is true as to why we needed Sefer Bereshis. Sefer Bereshis is the Musr Sefer. We needed to learn what it means to be a mensch, what it means to be a Jew, and what distinguishes us as Jews by being metaher, by purifying our midos and learning from our ancestors. And then, and only then, can we begin Parshas uh, Bo with Perak Yud Beis, which starts HaChodesh HaZelachem. Once we've gone through that cleansing process, once we refined our Midos, then and only then can we tackle the technical minutia, the details of Kiyom HaMitzvos, of the observance in Shmira HaMitzvos in the right way. And that explains the Nesiva Shah both at the beginning of Parshas Bereshis and in his piece, titled Parshas HaChatoim HaRishonim, that explains the Nesiva Shalom as to why it's so central, so critical, it's so pivotal. It is so important that we review intently and we concentrate and we try to grow from all of the stories that on the surface would seem to just be historical accountings or nice bedtime stories that we share with our children, but rather deep-rooted stories that will facilitate and allow us to grow as Jews, as B'nai Emino's Torah, so that ultimately when we get to Parshas Bo, and then subsequently B'Shalach and Yisro, when we receive the Torah, we are a Klikibol, we are the appropriate receptacle to be able to receive the Torah and to observe the Torah in the right way. Wishing you all a wonderful day.